birthday party roll here, but we hope it's a blessing to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up JJ to you right now, God. Lord, we thank you for his life. Father, we thank you, Lord, that he has lived so long without uh, turning his back against you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that he's walking in your ways, keeping your statutes and your commandments and your words, Lord. We ask, God, that you'll continue to bless him throughout this coming year, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit guide and direct us. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name.
the next thing. Uh, also, I gave you a handout, and this one was right. It's, it's got mustard SE on it. That's actually mustard seed. And at the bottom of that page, you see a little dot. Well, that is a, a mustard seed, actually. And it says from this to this. In other words, there's an arrow pointing from the seed to the big tree. In other words, your faith, depending on how much faith you have, you can see it do great and mighty things. Now, pray that your faith increases this year. And you believe right along with me and my wife that this church is going to prosper, it's going to grow, the finances are going to increase. We're going to be a blessing to this community in some way, shape, or form. This next Sunday afternoon, we're having Attitude Journey people come out, and we're going to be presenting our two-year plan for this church. And we're praying that you'll pray along with us that, this, that it will be successful. There's nothing in it that's not biblical, I guarantee you. And so whenever they come, we'll be ready to minister our presentation slide presentation is here on the screen. And so anyway, that's going to be this Sunday afternoon. What what time do they say she is? I thought we had the service the presentation. I thought we only do it one. At one. Okay. One o'clock is the service presentation. So if you'd like to be here next Sunday for that, I mean, yeah, next Sunday for that, that'd be wonderful. But if you don't, that's fine. Just be sure that you're here by 6 o'clock for the evening service or 545 for the prayer time or something. Anyway, that's what I wanted to make mention of on that. And then I gave you another sheet that's a correct one. And it's called On Being Optimistic. It's got several points here and subpoints to it. It says, look for good dash overlook the bad. It says, evil prepares, prevails everywhere, but we must not allow it to discolor our outlook and limit our outreach. We must look for the good rather than to concentrate on the bad in the world. By looking, overlooking the faults we see in others and keeping in our eyes on Jesus, we encourage optimism. And then there's point number two, is count your blessings Discount your losses. Too many people count their losses and discount their blessings. This negative attitude brings disappointment to them, discouragement to others, and displeasure to God. We must recognize our blessings. Awareness stimulates faith and optimism. Praise and thanksgiving are always pleasing to God. They reveal the secret of being optimistic. And then the third point is give yourself, forgive others. Some people fail to forgive others, holding grudges and resentment causes tension and unhappiness. If we want to receive God's forgiveness, we must forgive others likewise. Giving oneself ungrudgingly, encouraging others, lending a helping hand, and sharing Christ brings a positive outlook. I hope that you take this home and you put it up on the refrigerator or somewhere that you look every day, bathroom mirror, whatever, and pin it up. Tape it up or something. I would encourage you to do that. There's one final reading I have, and then I'm going to explain another thing that's out there. This is a poem. Um, Maya Angelou. It's called Christian. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not shouting, I'm clean living, I'm whispering, I was lost. Now I'm found and forgiven. When I say I'm a Christian, I don't speak of this with pride. I'm confessing that I stumble and need Christ to be my guide. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not trying to be strong. I'm professing that I'm weak and need his strength to carry on. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not bragging of success. I'm admitting I have failed and need God to clean the mess. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not claiming to be perfect. My flaws are far too visible, but God believes I'm worth it. When I say I'm a Christian, I still, still feel this sting of pain. I have my fear of heartache, so I call upon his name. When I say I am a Christian, I'm not holier than that. I'm just a sinner.
important to receive God's good word somehow. You know, I don't think I had that made up in copies to hand out, but if you're interested in getting one, I can get you one after service. Just like I said, I debated and prayed about whether to share this or not, but it, it really drives home some things if we're honest with ourselves. But we are a mess without Christ. We, we have no standing with God outside of Christ. In other words, when we go to him in prayer, we have to pray in his name. And we have to pray the will of God as well. And how do you know the will of God? You just read the Bible. And it tells you what some things are that it is good to us. And anything else that doesn't specifically, the Lord doesn't mention, you pray on it. You ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you need to do in that situation or with that possibility that you're dealing with or whatever the case might be. So I would encourage you to spend more time in the Word, spend more time in prayer. And when you pray, just get yourself into His presence. What I mean by that is I have, I'm just as guilty as anybody else about this, okay? So I'm not pointing fingers, believe me, because I do, then there's four pointing back at me. But point I'm trying to get across is this, is that uh, a lot of times we just begin to pray and say, okay, God, you know I need this, you know I need that, and then we just go over here, and in other words, we just spend our uh, first part of our time in prayer and maybe even the end of it saying, thank you that you did it, but we, we don't concentrate on who he is. We need to come into his presence with thanksgiving and with praise. In other words, that's what we need to do right off the bat. The Bible says, Jesus told them a new way to pray, and it said, Our Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's how it starts. It doesn't just immediately jump in to ask him for things. You come into his presence. And I would encourage you to spend at least five to ten minutes a day in the morning time when you get up out of bed. Just focus on him and just thank him for who he is and praise him for the things he's done for you. And, and even for those things that he's promised to do for you that's not been fulfilled yet, go ahead and thank him that they are. Thank him that it's already an accomplished fact. It's already done. You know, I heard a minister this morning on my telephone that I have an app for. And he was, he was preaching on being thankful instead of always going to God with your complaints and your concerns and all that. Just, just begin to thank him for the answers to that prayer. And that way you don't have to necessarily go to God every day requesting that to be done. But what you do is you begin to thank him that it's done. First time you pray about it, yeah, you request it to him. But on the other time, you just thank him for the fact that he's already at work in that situation. And it's already being done in his name. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, now, I'm going to share one more thing with you. And that is this right here. Well, two more, actually. They kind of go together. This is plaque that's in my office. I don't know if y'all have ever come in here and read it or but it says, the pastor's study. The pastor's study is a symbol of the calling of the Christian minister to be the shepherd of a flock of God. Here, sermons are prepared to feed the congregation in God's holy word. Here, the work of the church is done so that the congregation may grow in grace and bear fruit in fellowship, teaching and witness. Here, you will always find a friend and counselor in time of need. He will not be surprised at your sin, nor will he judge you on it. But he always invites you to share with him the wisdom and love of God, the knowledge of forgiveness for sin, and the saving grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are always welcome. So in other words, if you've got a problem with some kind, I'm more than happy to help you. I'll be your counselor. I'll be your prayer partner. I'll be your person of accountability that you might want to make accountable to some things. 
Whatever the case is, I want you to know that you're there for me. 24-7, seven days a week. You know, I say that Friday's in my official day off, but even though I'm not spending office hours, it doesn't mean that I'm off the clock, so to speak. I'm still available to you, no matter what the situation, no matter what time it is, if there's any way possible, in any shape or form, I'll be there to give you assistance and help and praise the Lord. And then the last thing is this. This is the shepherd's staff. One end of it, this one here, is the one that I would reach out and grab a sheep by their neck start pulling them back in the right direction. Okay? Now this one, the other end, is the one that I would use if needed to bring correction to you. And, and, and it, believe me, it's not fun. It's like that old adage that my mom and dad used to tell me. This is going to hurt me a lot more than it does you. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I never did believe that until I became a parent of my own and understood fully what it meant for that statement. And I tell you what, I'm going to be the shepherd of this church. I'm going to be the one that you can count on. I'm going to be the one that leads and provides and takes care of you in Christ. In Christ. Not me being the one who's personally doing it. I'm an agent. I'm an instrument of God that I'm going to make you a promise of that you can come to and confide in. You can, and you won't hear it out in public or in this church even among the people unless you yourself tell them. Because I keep confidences. You can you can ask my wife. There's things that I don't even tell her that I was told about. So what I'm saying is, is that you can be 100% sure that whatever you tell me goes no further. And that I'll be in prayer with you. I'll counsel you, whatever the case might be or the need might be. I'm here for you 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and yes, 366 on weekends. <laughs> anyway, now we're ready for the word. Sorry I took so long in getting around to it, but I just felt like God told me to share all this stuff I shared with you. If you have your Bible handy, I pray you turn, I would ask if you would open it to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. While you're finding that, I want us to sing something that we forgot to do, I, my mistake. Let's sing happy birthday to JJ. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear JJ, happy birthday to you. Amen. Forgot about that. Sorry, brother. All right. Joshua chapter 1. If you would, stand as we honor God at the reading of his word. We're going to get, begin with verse number one. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall provide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper. 
wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask God that you come alive to us, minister to our every need. And God, we're going to give you all praise, glory, and honor for it. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. You may be Today's message is called A Fresh Start. A Fresh Start. And yes, it happened to be, to be because Beginning of a new year for everybody. You know, I just read a while ago about that resolution thing. Now, I'm very resolute. I'm very determined to see your life blessed. I'm very determined to see your knowledge increase in the things of God. I'm very determined that you prosper financially. I am determined to lift you up in prayer every single day, 365 days a year, in seat 66 on Lincoln, lifting you up every day by name, not just saying, Lord, bless the church, but God, bless Serena, bless Susan, bless JJ, bless Sister Cindy, Brother Dwayne, Sister Shirley and Sister Lillian, Brother Marvin, and Pastor Laura. In other words, I want to lift each one of you individually up to God in prayer, asking God to minister to your needs that day and to bless you in a mighty way for this new year. So I want us to understand, number one, that God had said, told Joshua, he said, my servant Moses is dead. In other words, there's going to be a new regime taking place. Well, there's not going to be a new regime, so to speak, here at this church. It's still going to be me. But what I'm saying is, is that we're going to make some changes that we're all going to have to get accustomed to. And we're going to have to all agree upon. Because we cannot allow the devil to drive a wedge between us. In other words, I don't want any disunity in this body. So whenever we come together, I'll know this. That I won't make a suggestion that we're changing this to that unless it's God leading to do so. I'm always going to be in line with and in tune with hearing God's voice. And so I'm encouraging, that's what Joshua was being encouraged to do here by God himself. I want you to, you don't have to, but it's something that I think would be helpful. I haven't even done it myself yet. Uh, verse number three, it says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. In other words, he's made them a promise. How many of you know that God never goes back on his promises? Amen? Amen. He never will. If he's the one that really made it to you and not yourself, Sometimes we want things so bad we talk ourselves into thinking or saying it's God when it's really just me or you or whatever the case might be. And we've got to understand that it's only going to work and only going to come out the way it's supposed to if God is actually the one that made you that promise. But know that it will always come to pass, even when it takes a while. Like with Abraham and, and Sarah. God said, you're going to have a, a child. And, and Moses was uh, concerned, you know, about that. Because he was past childbearing years and so was she. But God said it. He made that promise. And it actually came to pass. 25 years later, but it came to pass. And that's what I'm saying is, don't ever give up on your promises. Whenever God makes you one, hold fast to it. Always. Thank him for it. Thank him every day that it's being fulfilled. 
in his time and in his way. You know, God is, is interested in this church properly. He wants this church to grow. And, it's, and like that sign said, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. In other words, know that it's going to take place. God has prophesied over this church before, not just by me, but if you remember the nights when they came in ministry, Brother Johnny said this. He said that God showed him people with singers standing at these microphones and people with these musical instruments playing. You remember that? That was a prophecy that God gave to Brother Knight about our church. And what I want us to understand is this, folks, that we need to get in line with that because it was from the Lord. It bears witness with my spirit. So I would encourage you to, to come together with me in prayer and, and be united in prayer and, and ask thank and just begin to thank God that there are singers at these microphones, that there are people with these musical instruments playing and so forth. So I just want to encourage you to have a mindset change if need be. You come every Sunday morning, just like I do, and you and you Say to yourself, man, we have such a small church. And that kind of discourages you right off the bat. But then you've got to remember what God promised. And when you do, and you begin to confess that promise, oh, that's why I have these songbooks sitting in these chairs. Because I see a person actually coming and picking up that songbook and sitting down or standing there or whatever the case may be. Because I see an individual. I don't just see hymn books scattered across the, the auditorium, the sanctuary. I see people. I see uh, some black people. I see some oriental people, white people, Spanish people. I, I see 50s and 60-year-olds. I, I see 80-year-olds. I see 12 and 14-year-olds. I see little kids and babies. I see young adults. That's what I'm saying, folks, is our mindset has to change. We've got to get in line with God and believe for those things that he's promised us. Because if we don't, we'll never receive them. Plain and simple, God, people. We will not receive anything from the Lord unless we believe that it's going to happen. Let me, this thing even in the notes, but let me, I don't, the Lord didn't even speak to me until just now. But hold what you got because we're coming back to it. But I'm going to turn over to James. I'll tell you what, I'm not sure if that's it or not. Let me go ahead and tell you what my thought is. That it says that if you confess, I mean, it, if you're a double-minded man, the Bible says, if you're double-minded, that means one minute I'm believing God, next minute I'm kind of doubting God, next minute I'm back to believing God, back to being doubtful of God. In other words, if I don't have myself settled, and firmly established in the fact that I know that God has promised certain things to me, then I might as well just give up the, give up the ghost, so to speak. I may as well just quit praying and trying to believe. Because if I allow the devil to use doubt to infiltrate my mind and my heart and get me confessing those things out loud that he would love me to say, in other words, that this church will never grow, this church is always going to be small, this church is always going to be financially struggling. If he want, gets me to say those things, he's going to win the victory because that's showing God that I don't really trust him. But if instead I squelch every thought such as those that I just expressed, if I squelch them, if I bury them, if I don't ever confess them, if I, if I don't ever speak those things out loud, then guess what? I have a much better chance at seeing those things and promises fulfilled. So I would encourage us to have the right kind of mindset. But now there's another thing that I think these scriptures teach us. 
all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll not leave you nor forsake you. I tell you, that's another promise. That he'll never leave us nor forsake us. I thank the Lord for that. Because we sometimes forsake God. We sometimes turn our backs on God, or people do, that is. But you know what? He's, he made a promise that he would never leave us nor forsake us. You know what? Back when I had that car wreck that I should have killed me, before I knew Jesus as Savior and Lord, I, I should have died that night. Because if you had seen that truck, you would have thought, how in the world did he even survive? Because, number one, the, all the front windshield had been smashed completely out, all laying in floorboard as you could see around me. But see, what happened was I had passed out and laid down in the seat. Because if I hadn't, not only would all that glass have got me, but only that, not only that, when I laid down like that, my foot came away from the pedals, and the motor had actually been pushed into the cab of my dad's truck. It would at least chop my foot off, if nothing else. And then another thing it should have done to me was it should have crushed me to death, because when all was said and done, the steering wheel was about that far from the seat in the cab. I should not be standing here right now preaching to you the word of God. Not really. But because God made that promise that he would never leave me nor forsake me, even when I wasn't living for him, then I had that assurance that he's, his hand was watching over me. Only because, though, that my mom in their church and then my brother in his church and all these people, the different people, were praying for me to keep me safe until I made my decision for Jesus. So what I'm saying to you today is this, though, is that we need to be thankful that we're not what we should be necessarily. I should, I should be dead, but I'm not. Praise God. Thank the Lord. So what I'm saying is, is that we need to be thankful for those things. We need to be praising God for those things. We, we need to be walking in obedience to the Lord and, and to know that he's always going to be right there next to you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what your life is like right now, it will be better because God made you that promise. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's something you can take to the bank. I think Beretta used to say that on the protection show a long time ago. You can take that to the bank. In other words, you can count on it. And that, that's something that's very rare these days. There's a lot of things in this world that you're not going to be able to count on. There's going to be a lot of things in this world that, that are going to let you down. Things that we put our trust and faith in. People put their faith in their stocks, their bonds, their houses, their cars. They put them in the bank account. They, they do all these different things. Some people, when they graduate college, all they're wanting to do is get their college loans paid off, and I understand that. So they look for very lucrative jobs, you know, the best one they can find. And there's no problem with that, but don't make it their life. In other words, don't count on it more than you do on the Lord. That's what I'm saying to us is that we need to understand that he's made us a promise that he would always be with us no matter what. One thing I forgot to mention a while ago about verse number three, if you want to, you can underline because that's a promise of God. So is verse number five. So is the rest of that passage in verses one through nine. It's promises of God. We need to be mindful of those things. We need to confess those things and nothing else but those well, I encourage us today to take stock of what's being said to us. Let's, let's read verse 10 through 18. Verses 10 through 18. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan, go in to possess the land, which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which 
Moses was struggling with the Lord's commanding him, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men will die, and you help them until the Lord has given you his brethren rest, as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given you. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan for the plunder. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us we will do. And whether wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses and asked him, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as you were with him. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words, he your words. And all that you command us shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. The final thing I feel like God is telling me to share with us about this passage is this. There's responsibility on our part. It's not just God doing everything. God is going to do those things that I mentioned because he's the only one that can. But know this, that he's going to demand, not just request, but demand that we do certain things. It all, all of this passage comes down to one word, obedience. Obedience to God. You've got to do things God's way if you want the blessing of God and the promise of God fulfilled in your life. So in order for this church to grow and prosper, we've got to get into one mindset, and that's to see this church grow. And we're going to have to do whatever it takes. If we have sin in our life, it needs to be gotten rid of. It needs to be dealt with. That's what these altars are for. Is for you to come, kneel, pray, ask God's help, and so forth and so on. Now, maybe you're not dealing with a sin of issue, a sin issue in your life today. That's great. That's wonderful if you're not. But I know this about myself: the devil doesn't ever let up. He's always on my back. He's always trying to get me to go in the wrong direction. And the reason for that is because he doesn't want me to be an effective leader. He wants me to be a wishy-washy, worn out, uh, what do you call it, uh, whenever you need a sabbatical, what's that called? Burned out. Mm. He wants me burned out. He wants me to give up trying to do what God wants me to do for your this church and you. And I'm determined to tell you today, folks, that's not going to happen. Because I'm just as much on fire for God today. As I was in the day that he reached down and took hold of me in that holding cell at the Lee Sterrett Jail Church. And he lifted me up and he showed me some things, how to change my life around. And I did, and the Lord did that through me. And that's what I'm saying it today, folks. Maybe there is some issue in your life. If there is, confess it, ask God to forgive you for it, and turn away from it. But now, if there's not, you can still come together with the rest of the body of Christ and pray with us, believing that God's going to keep that promise that he's made to us and then begin to, to shout it. Well, not shout it necessarily unless you want to, but, <laughs> but speak it out loud against the devil. Say, devil, you're nothing but a liar. You know, you couldn't tell me the truth if you wanted to. It's not in you, but I know what's in me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And I know that his promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And I know that I'm going to see these things that have been promised to this church and to me fulfilled. And so you can just keep your lies to yourself. Just tell me. You know what? He can't stay where the praises of God are. He won't stay the praises of God. So whenever you start feeling attacked by the devil... Just come back at him and say, Devil, you're a liar. Mm -hmm. And just begin to put him in his place. And I would encourage you, me and everyone else here today, to do that. Because God wants this church to prosper.
prosper and move ahead and move on. We've got plan in action, whether it or not, to see to do some things to make that a possibility that this church is going to become a sovereign body, so that we don't want to always have to depend on a parent church, because or even be a district appointed church. There is a slight difference between the two. In both cases, you don't get to make your own decisions. The, the board is your section, in other words. So the sectional board members of the Victoria section is our board, actually. They make the final decisions about that. But it, we always go through the top guy, which is President Tim Smith, and then we tell him our concerns, our needs, whatever the case might be, and then he, he passes it on down the line and they pray about it. And if it involves money, that's a, you know a different kind of situation than just praying for God's blessing, or whatever the case might be. Just like I figured out somehow, well, I think Brother Marvin actually told me a while back. I just remembered recently that the heater in the back kitchen is not working. So I told President Smith that I was going to go ahead and have him fix this thing, and he texted me back and said, "Okay." So in other words, we don't have to worry about whether we get to do it or not. What he told me that he's not going to sit over me watching me like a hawk, waiting for me to make the first mistake, and then he's going to say, you're out of here. What he's going to do is he's going to work with me and mentor me and show me how to walk in the right direction to see the, the plan of becoming a sovereign body fulfilled, such as we need to come up with our own constitution and bylaws. So in other words, we can either do number one, read the ones we currently have, which was last done in 2008, and agree to keep those, or we can do number two. He gave us a, a sample of his church's constitution and bylaws. He said that Brother Meredith over in East Bernard has already decided on their church when they become a sovereign body, but they adopted the other instead of their own. And, or we can do a combination of the two. We can do partly ours and partly theirs. But my wife and I have to get together and we've got to read and open and make a decision based on those things as to what we want to make our constitution and bylaws. So in other words, there's, there's going to be some changes being made here. And, oh, I don't know that I've told everybody this one or not. I had planned on doing door knocking Presbyter shot me down tonight. He said, and he did it with good reason. He made me aware of something I didn't think about. He said, in the day and society we live in now, you never know who's going to be on the other side of that door. And that's a true statement. It could be about safety. So he pointed out something I had overlooked. And that's what I'm saying is he's going to help me along the path to see our vision fulfilled for your, this church to become a sovereign. Just like I'm thinking about having this sign out here replaced and making it, if we do keep the gathering place on it, reverse it. Instead of making it the big letters with small print, Quero Assembly of God, we're going to make it Quero Assembly of God. Your uh, gathering place. Yes. That's, that's what we're going to end up doing. I just got to find out how much it will cost and run it by the president. Because I, I can't just net up willy up willy nilly and do things without running it by the president. I've got to keep him informed as to what we're doing and why we're doing these things. So, anyways, all that to say this: that God is going to be in charge of your church, and me and my wife, Pastor Laura, we're going to be the under shepherds under Jesus Christ, and we're going to do what we can to be of great assistance you, your family, your friends, whatever the case is. Just know that you can always come to us. I don't care if it's 3.30 in the morning. Pick up the phone. Call my number. If you don't have it, I'll give it to you at the end of service. And you call me up, and my phone will be on, and I'll pick it up, and I'll say, yes, hello. And then you'll say, this is so-and-so. This is the situation. And I don't, like I said, I don't care if it's 3.30 in the morning. Just call me. No, I'm on call 24-7.
five teachers consistently. So I'm here to tell you today, folks, that that's a promise you can count on from me as your pastor and as pastoral. We'll always do what we can to do what's right. If it's at all possible to make it happen, it'll happen. But anyway, that being said, I'm expecting great and mighty things for this church. I'm expecting to see this church grow beyond just needing one service, but we'll need two. I'm looking forward to the day that we're going to see and experience great and mighty moves every service as we gather together in the name of Jesus. Mighty moves of God. That's what we're hungry for. We're going to sing that song in just a moment. I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Because that's what I am. I hope you are too. I pray you are too. Because if you're not, you got to get hungry. You know, a lot of times people won't eat unless they're hungry. Well, the reason that we don't eat from the Word of God, the reason we don't eat from prayer, the reason we don't want to eat from being in the presence of God is because we're not hungry for it. But there's a song that says this. It says, As a deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after in other words, we've got a desire. The Bible says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Those that are hungry and thirsty. So in other words, let's, let's focus all of our attention on allowing God to be God and making sure that we don't negative speak, make sure we don't make bad confessions, Make sure we only make positive ones. Make sure that all we do comes out of our mouth is blessings of God, not only upon ourselves and the church, but upon each and every one of us here today. Whenever you meet somebody, just pray God's blessings on them. I did that this morning as a matter of fact. I went to Whataburger, and I talked to two gentlemen, and I said, Do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior? They assured me they did. And then I went to this elderly lady who just came in. She ordered and sat down, and I began sitting next to her, and I said, Ma'am, have you ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she, she looked at me, and she said, uh, I'm Catholic. Like that was supposed to answer my question. I said, okay, thank you. Anyways, my point is, is that we've got to get on the offensive with this. The devil's had too much fun at our expense doing what he's done to the church. He's almost got it completely silenced, but not yet. Just like whenever Jesus left, the devil probably thought, I've won. You know, when he killed him on the cross, I won. What happened three short days later? He rises from the grave, and he lives forever in you. And, and then also, not only that, but when he did ascend into heaven, and his physical presence was taken from us, he left the Holy Spirit. And when he did, he began to fill each and every one of us with his power and presence. And that's what we need to be focused on, folks, is allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us to do what we can't do on our own. Just like I wrote in that passage last night. I'm actually beginning to preach. But then I know about but before we do that, I want us to sing that song called, I'm Hungry for a Mighty Move of God. Lord, I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty for out your Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to see the hand of God mightily inside of me. I'm hungry. For a move of God. Lord, I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty for out your Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to see the hand of God mightily inside of me. I'm hungry for a move. Lord, I'm hungry for a mighty move of God. Lord, I'm thirsty. 
Paul was writing to Corinthian church about the taking of the Lord's Supper because apparently they were not partaking of it in the right manner. And he wants he wants us to do a couple of things here. Uh, before I read the first part of it, I want to read the verses twenty seven through uh, first verse number thirty. 27 through 30, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Verse 31, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. You know, we need to examine ourselves towards this place. I'm going to have us to do that right before we partake of the Lord's Supper. Did you know that there's only one thing the Bible says you cannot, the reason that you cannot partake of the Lord's Supper is that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the only stipulation for the whole shooting. He wants you to understand that you can live with it. It doesn't matter. You're part of the body of Christ if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He doesn't want you to think, well, I'm from out of town. I won't be back again. That's fine. Just pray and ask God to be with you. But you know what I'm, you're facing is your travel. But what I'm saying is, is this, is that there's only one thing the Bible says that keeps me from being able to partake of the Lord's Supper. And that's if I don't know Jesus as my only Lord and Savior. Okay? So if you are not sure about that today, that's what I'm going to take just a moment and do. It's to give you an opportunity to pray. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.
Christ, the God that shows us what things is drinking and eating of this cup in an unworthy manner. Goes on to say here in verses 23 through 26, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Brother David, would you? Pray over the symbol of the body, please. <clears throat> Father, just thank you right now, just continue for the, the bread that represents your body and for what that representation means for us, Lord, that you just left on the cross and taken away our sins and given us a way of salvation through you. Thank you that, that you gave it freely and that we honor you for that and we praise you and Thank you for that sacrifice and for what it means. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. You may partake of the symbol of the body. Goes on to say, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. Saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you eat it, eat as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Brother Marvin, would you please say the blessing over the symbol of the blood? Father, as we take this symbol of the blood that you shed at Calvary, Father, we're reminded of all the Jesus' name.